We're sisters, best friends, and authors on a mission to help you stoke your creative fire and live the life of your dreams. We believe that purpose fuels passion and that creativity is your secret weapon for mass construction. There's never been a better time to bless the world with your dream realized. You're listening to The Kate and Abby Show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Kate and Abby Show. Today, we are continuing our Write Better series, and we're tackling a topic that I think doesn't get enough attention in the writing advice space, and that is character chemistry. And by chemistry, we don't necessarily mean romantic tension. That is one form of chemistry when you think about characters having chemistry. Um, But there are other types of relationship chemistry as well, such as friendships and relationships between family members. There's all sorts of different types of character chemistry. It's really that magic that happens when you have different characters interacting in the same space and sort of creating this atmosphere through their interactions, through their relationships and their different personalities. So how do we create this magic? That's the big question that we are tackling in today's episode. So if you're interested in this, stay tuned because we're going to go over some really important and valuable tips to help you guys write better character chemistry. So it's a Pretty simple, actually. (laughs) It's not complicated, but it's important to know what to focus on. Yeah. Once you know what to focus on, it it's so helpful because you can eliminate all these other things that you think you need. Yes. And really just focus on a couple of key things. Yeah. Very true. So before we get started, yes. Before we get started, we have to thank our sponsors, who are you guys. You are the ones who support this show and keep it going, and we so value your support. So if you get value out of this podcast and you enjoy watching it every other week, show us your support by going over to Patreon.com/slash The Kate and Abby Show and help us keep this show alive and free of interruptions. Okay. So character chemistry. Character uh, chemistry. We're going to be going through the different types of chemistry, and I think probably pulling in a couple examples. But like Abby was saying, there's so many different types of chemistry other than just romantic chemistry. Like, obviously, romantic chemistry is something you really want to have, but you want to carry that over into other relationships, too. Like, think of a show that you watched or film that you watched or a book that you read that it was a group of friends, and they were just like the dynamic of their friendship was so interesting. It just pulled you in. It like created an atmosphere around who they were as a team. And you're just like so looking forward to seeing what happens next to them. It's addictive. What is that addictive quality? What creates that atmosphere around characters? Yeah, well, I think the first thing that immediately comes to mind is their relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a very complex thing to build, <clears throat> but it is so vital to that chemistry and that magic. So relationship building, of course, starts with understanding who these characters are as individuals. So understanding their internal conflict, understanding their belief systems and their decision-making process and what they think is true, what they think about the world, what they think about themselves, just all of their internal conflict, and this comes from building the character as an individual. So Kate and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast, and I've talked about it a lot in my videos as well, building internal conflict. So we're not gonna go super deep into that for the individual character in this episode because we've talked about it a lot. So check out our other resources if you need help doing that. But starting with strong individuals 
and then looking for opportunities where we can challenge the beliefs of these individuals by placing them in scenarios with other individuals who have different beliefs and different conflicts. I think that's really important. And a good place to start with this, if you have the tendency to write a lot of characters that have maybe the same kinds of struggles or the same personality, a good place to start um, to kind of springboard this, I would say would be to figure out their personalities and how they're different from each other. And you can use different typing systems like the Enneagram or MBTI to do this. Um, But making your characters distinct from each other is going to be what sets up that relationship magic. Because if you have two characters that are too similar to each other, they won't have the same sort of magic with that dynamic between them. Right. When you say that, I instantly think of, and a lot of you guys will know this example, but in the series Sherlock, when you have the dynamic between Watson and Sherlock. Yeah. And how they're so starkly different, polar opposites, and that's what, number one, makes it hilarious to watch. Number two, it creates this really fun chemistry between them as friends. Mm -hmm. It, It creates a really fun lighthearted, interesting atmosphere. You're waiting to see like, oh, how is he going to react to that? Because we already are anticipating their reaction based on who we know they are as a character. There are lives at stake, Sherlock. Actual human life. Just just so I know, do you care about that at all? Well, caring about them helps save them. Nope. Then I'll continue not to make that mistake. And you find that easy, do you? Yes, very. Yeah, and that's what brings the magic. That's what makes it interesting. Because imagine if they were both... Like Sherlock's personality. Exactly. First, you wouldn't be able to even understand what's happening. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> it would be predictable. If they, or if they were both like Watson's personality, you know, it would be like boring to watch. But because the two of them are so different. And you have those contrasts to play with. Yeah, exactly. That's part of what's creating that chemistry. Yeah, exactly. So building the relationships and the relationships can change over time, which we're going to touch on later on in this episode. But they're supposed to change over time. So don't don't overthink too much how they start out, mm-hmm. I would say, because what you really want to start with is you just want to start with a fun dynamic that is engaging to watch unfold. And that could be the grumpy one, sunshine one dynamic. It could be, you know, more of a situation like we just described with Sherlock. It could be something completely different. It can be anything that you find interesting to read or watch. That's really what I would say like is the best thing to go for is not like, you know, trends or what you think people like or what you've seen done before. Like try to write relationships that you find fun to write. Because there really is no trends. I think that is completely um, based off of these principles being used yeah and people like oh maybe it's this trope is trendy no it's that the writing is good and the internal conflict is there and the chemistry is there so you can actually write characters however the heck you want to and if you apply these principles of having the the relationships be there Mm. and the other things we're going to talk about that's what's going to make it addictive so it doesn't really matter so much what type of personality your character has it can really they can have any personality and be just as dynamic oh yeah for sure and another another really important element of the relationships which kind of this is like our second point but it kind of goes with the first point is backstory establishing these two characters or a group of characters what has their past been both as individuals and together so 
understanding where the relationship started. If it hasn't started yet, then that's something you'll, you'll probably be writing in the story itself. But if it started in the past, if they've known each other for a while, what did that look like? Even just writing this to yourself is great to do. Like if you're outlining or you're writing backstory, I highly recommend writing backstory for your relationships between your characters. This is something that I've started doing um, pretty recently. I started doing it like this past summer and I never used to make this a uh, building block in my preparation process, but it is now and I'm so glad that I started doing it. And I don't really have much of a process with it. I've included some questions in my latest character profile, which I shared this past NaNoWriMo, about relationships between your characters. But basically, I just take a new Scrivener document and I take two characters and I start just like brain dumping what is the whole past of these two characters together? What is the relationship dynamic? What have they been through together? How did they meet? Or if they're related, how did they, you know, how is their family situation together? Right. You know, how what are the they different first conflicts? start their friendship? How, yeah, exactly. What, what family dynamic brought them together to work as a team in the yeah. first place? Yes. Or if they're right. not friends, maybe they're maybe they're enemies. <laughs> maybe they have a bad relationship. How did that happen? And so this doesn't even apply just for um, you know characters who get along. You can still have this chemistry because it's really just I mean chemistry. Right. It's a chemical reaction, right? <clears throat> so you really just have this. Right dynamic between these different characters and whether it's positive or negative or neutral it still has a past yes totally all of it must have a past and that's part of what makes your characters feel so human and real is like they've been here you want it to feel like when your reader walks in or your your viewer walks in you want them to feel like these characters have been here forever yeah and you're just, just living their lives them. not that it yeah. just it's just our, and i think like a great example of that is the series Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Yes. Like has that complete feeling of you've just walked in on these two characters that have always existed and there's so much dense backstory already and the way that they allow the backstory to like peek through here and there just enough so that we understand just how deep the two protagonists go. And for like, you would probably explain the series, paraphrase it a little bit better than I would. Yeah, I've, I've used it as an example at least once, but I really want to talk about it more on my channel because it is really, really well written. Um, it's a Victorian cozy mystery series. Kate and I are obsessed with it. It's just so well done. So um, well written. And the characters follows, are phenomenal. They are. The protagonist of the story is Miss Scarlet, and she is a private investigator in Victorian London. And so it's kind of um, following her journey through the different cases that she takes, but also very much following her relationship with the Duke William Wellington, who is an inspector at Scotland Yard. And he's always like kind of been part of her life because her father was very much a mentor to him because he was a detective too, right? Right. Her father. Yes. And he ran his own private investigation agency. And then when he dies in the beginning of the story, that's sort of when Scarlet's, Miss Scarlet's story begins. And she sort of starts on her that's her inciting incident really right um but it very much follows their relationship as they work together right. and as they kind of navigate the ups and downs of <laughs> being uh friends and also being co-workers in a way right being a detective is a job for a man eliza and yet you do it every day with him yeah so exactly and and they've 
been friends since right. their childhood. Exactly. And so now they're sort of they're sort of in competition and sort of working together and a potential love interest dynamic going. Yeah. But so because they've been friends since their childhood and now we're walking in on this moment where they're both in their adulthood, both pursuing their careers, we get to see how strong this chemistry is between them because of their backstory. And as you're watching it, some of it's playing out because of the acting, yes, but such a large part of it is because of the writing. And so you can take that principle from a series like that and notice, wow, there's such chemistry and it has this addictive quality between these two protagonists. And it's not just the acting, it's the writing. So how can we take that principle and apply it to our screenplay, apply it to our novel, apply it to our series? Because it's it's very much something that is being it's being sprinkled into the writing itself, yeah. and, and so the backstory you can tell that the writer of the series has <laughs> loads of backstory, right. but she's revealing a little bit as mostly, the series goes on, as it becomes important. Yeah, and mostly through dialogue, which I also right. find interesting because <clears throat> there are no real like flashback moments. Um, she has a few flashbacks in the beginning, but right. they're mostly to do with her relationship with her father. Um, but the rest is really explained through dialogue, through like very, very, uh, you know, just sprinkled in. It's It right. doesn't have to, we don't have to stop and go into a huge long backstory. It's very um, casual. Yeah. And it makes it feel so much more natural that way because it makes sense of like a character might not stop and be like, well, let me stop and think about the history of how I know this person right. and where we met and everything that ever happened. And info dumping. And right. it feels that's exactly yeah. what it will feel like is info dumping. Yeah. And just nobody does that. So it feels so much more natural when you have maybe just a few lines of dialogue here and there of a character saying maybe just t quoting something that somebody said once in the past or referring to a very specific memory, mm. you know? Um, and there's okay. a few moments like that in Miss Scarlet and the Duke where one of them will say something about something that happened in the past or, you know, about their relationship with Mr. Scarlet, right. Liza's father. Um, and it'll just be like these little tidbits of information that clue us into their relationships. Right. And that's really all you need. Like, you don't need to go overboard with this. It can it can reveal itself through dialogue in time. What matters most is that you first establish the individual characters, make us care about them, make us see their internal conflict, and then we can start to see how these relationships are being unveiled. Now come and sit down. You must be exhausted. Do not pretend that you care. Still angry with you. I know you are. Come and sit down anyway. So another, our third point is a rule that I've started really focusing on when writing character dynamics and relationships, um, which is what I like to call the WWW rule, which you may have heard me talk about, which is weapon weakness want. And this is just a fun way to quickly sketch characters and their relationships with each other and build this dynamic of the magic that I'm talking about. So by weapon weakness want, I mean each character should have these three things. So even if you're not gonna dive super deep into each character's internal conflict and their backstory and their childhood trauma and all that, you don't necessarily need to, but you need to know what is it they want, 
What is it that they are, it's like part of their personality that they want this thing or that they have this motivation. It might not even be a specific thing. It might just be a motivation based on their personality. And as far as the weapon and the weakness, that's kind of like a strength and a weakness. So what is their strong point? What is their forte? What is the thing that every other character relies upon them for? And then on the flip side, what is their weakness or that thing that always trips them up or stops them from achieving true happiness or always gets in their way? And understanding these three pillars of who your character is will not only make them a more rich, developed character, but it will also help to create layers of the to the relationships right and create kind of a springboard where you can have opportunities for relationship building for comedy for empathy between the characters and just like a, a deeper connection between the characters so you may notice this in some of your favorite stories as well when you see two or three or even a group of characters that have really good chemistry and dynamics between their relationships. <laughs> and I, I keep thinking of like the best indicator of this. <laughs> I was just saying to Kate before we started filming, the best indicator of this is seeing fan groups, mm. like fandoms on the internet of like really loving these characters and like making memes and incorrect quotes and things that just they love these characters so much they love the dynamic between these characters so much that it's fun for them to watch and re-watch and they feel like they are part of this friend group you know right they it feels like they're a real person yeah exactly that's really what you want to achieve with your characters is you don't want them to feel like flat characters on yeah. a page there is an element of some of the chemistry happening with your character will be, be between them and the reader. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, very true. So so creating that, that feeling of this is like a real person. I'm like emotionally invested in them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm dwelling on them. I'm thinking about them even when I'm not watching the series or reading the book. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like you're... In their life. Mm, exactly. And, and that's what you want to create. That's the magic. Right. So I think this is just a really um, great like shortcut to doing it is the WWW rule <laughs> because it's it's quick. You can like sketch this out really quickly and then think about it some more. And of course, going to the backstory and the relationships and, and figuring out the past between these two characters. But even if some of that is happening in real time in your story, and you can show the weapon and the weakness and the want just through how the characters interact with each other. So an example that's springing to mind right now, which we've talked about on the show before, is the show The Musketeers. And this does such a great job of that camaraderie between the characters Definitely. and showing the weapons, the weakness, um, physical weapons too. <laughs> yeah, physical weapons as well. But, but the emotional weapons, you know, right. the emotional weaknesses between the two, between all four of them. Right. And in this show, it does such a great job. I mean, it's taking the original cast of the Three Musketeers from the original story, but kind of adding more layers and dimension to it. And I find it interesting just to see like how they show the different characters, their different layers and how each one of them has a different vice, a different strength. And you see that so clearly as the story unfolds and you start to care about these characters and 
because you see their internal struggles as individuals. But then when you see them interacting with each other, it starts to feel more like you have that chemistry, you have that camaraderie, right. and you see the different layers to each character. He knows the Musketeer motto. Every man for himself. My name is D'Artagnan of Lupiac in Gascony. Prepare to fight. One of us dies here. Now that's the way to make an entrance. Definitely. And you see the chemistry between the friendships yeah. that are being built because you have a feeling for who they are as individuals, but like you were saying, also who they are as a group. It's kind of like conducting an orchestra. Yeah. Like all the different instruments sound great on their own, but then together it's just this extra magic. Yeah, it's very true. That's a great analogy because it's like they're creating like a harmony. And actually, and that show does this so well with the relationships, the backstory, the weapon weakness want. It, it really hits all of those. Yeah, it does. All of those points so well and expertly in the first episode. And it, it, the pacing is also fantastic too. I know we're not talking about pacing right now, but if you want to see like, okay, how does this play out in like a film style, like with quickly getting to an inciting incident quickly understanding some backstory and internal conflicts and weaknesses and strengths in characters, how char the protagonists all interact and bond together as the heroes of the story. It really just succeeds so well in all of those areas, that particular series. <laughs> it does, for sure. And I love the changes in the relationships and how you see some of them unfold. And some of them, some of the characters have already known each other, others haven't. So like when the story begins, we're kind of following D'Artagnan and seeing his inciting incident and he kind of becomes the main protagonist at first. And then we start to meet the other characters, but I love how the relationships change where like D'Artagnan first shows up on the scene, like wanting to duel Athos because he, he's, he thinks that Athos killed his father, but that's not true, we later find out. But there's this like whole angst at the beginning. Right. There's like a lot of angst at the beginning. Tons of angst. But then as the show goes on, as the series goes on, you know, D'Artagnan kind of becomes like the the baby musketeer that they all protect. <laughs> exactly. That they all protect and have to look after. And Athos is like the babysitter <laughs> exactly. of all the musketeers. It's so good. Like the the friendship roles and the camaraderie is yeah. off the charts. Super, it's super great. good. Which leads Insane us to character chemistry. Our final point is character relationship arcs. <clears throat> and that's part of what I mean here about character relationship arcs is that as the relationship changes, the chemistry changes. And that's okay because you should have relationship arcs. Definitely. You don't want it to be just the same. This is part of what makes it like so memorable when you do it right is that we can look back at the beginning of the story and see these characters in a totally different place with their relationship. And it just adds to that feeling of, you know these people, you've seen them go through like rough times together and you've seen them face obstacles together and overcome them. And because they've been through stuff together, they change and their relationship changes. So it's not just about them changing as individuals, it's also about them changing as whatever relationship they have. Whatever. Also, it feels like payoff for the reader. Do you know what I mean? There's that extra element of when you don't see enough relationship progression mm -hmm. in a 
a show or a series that you're reading, there's that feeling of not being satisfied, whether it's a romantic relationship that's like dragging on and on and on and on and you don't get any satisfying moment at the end of it and you're like, what happened? Or if it's like friends that like, they never really have any progression in their friendship and it's just kind of flatliner. You're just like, eh, that like didn't really make me feel that satisfied when I got to the end of the read or the watch, whatever that there's this feeling of almost like accomplishment because you are vicariously living through that character as you're reading the story mm. or as you're watching the story. So when you have these satisfying moments of like the progression of the friendship, progression of the relationship, it feels like these mini victory moments for the reader. It's yeah. these moments of satisfaction for the reader and that's what makes it feel like, oh yeah, we've been through that together because you're really in the shoes of the protagonist. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and it gives that deeper layer of camaraderie. Like you were saying, you feel like you know the protagonist, you know the characters is like sort of when you're like, you know, at a gathering or at a party or something and somebody's telling a story of something that happened to them or some, some you know, crazy thing that they went through, you feel so much more engaged in it if you were there and you were part of it, exactly. you know? So it's true. like you have a place in the story and that's what that's you want a great your way to, put to feel it. like. Yes. You know, like I was there, I saw mm. them go through that together and, you know, their that's relationship such a, That's such a good way to put it. Yeah. That's such it's, a good way to it put creates, it. Because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it creates that, like, layer of magic. Yeah, it does. I feel like it I does. keep saying magic, but it really is magic. It's, it it's is magic. It's, it's that extra thing, <laughs> that addictive quality. You guys all know it because you guys have commented many times before when we've asked, like, what are your favorite shows? What What are your favorite books? Where is What's your favorite internal conflict? And you'll be rabidly replying about all these characters you love. And the reason you love them is because of these elements that make you feel like, I know this character, and I've been on a journey with this character. Yeah. It's that extra element of creating an atmosphere between your characters that makes it addictive, that makes you stay up past your bedtime wanting to read the next chapter to mm -hmm. see what happens. Because we've established relationships, backstory, weapon, weakness, want, character, relationship arcs to make it feel satisfying. Yeah, that's basically it. Boom, yeah. so go go yeah. write a great book, yeah. guys. <laughs> go write some great relationships. You don't even have to get fancy with any of this. You can just, like I said, open a Word document, just start writing. Just start brain dumping everything you can think of about these two characters or about this group of characters and their relationships and their past. And even some, some ideas about where you want it to go in the future. Where do you want the relationships to go in the future? How are they going to face obstacles, face their fears and overcome them and grow and change as a result? So yeah, lots to think about. Hopefully you guys took notes. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and enjoyed the discussion. We would love to hear your feedback. So comment below and tell us what you thought of this one. And to anybody who is just listening to the audio of the podcast, you can find the video version of this podcast on Kate's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash K.A. Emmons. And you can also find tons of more writing videos and uh, writing advice on my channel, which is youtube.com slash Abby Emmons. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. As always, we love you guys so much and we will see you in the next one. Until then, stay stoked and rock on.